What is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to episode 56 of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, we got some interesting news to talk about today. The NBA Finals, they are finally set up as the Golden State Warriors will be taking on the Boston Celtics. Game 1 will be on June 2nd, which will be on a Thursday. We also have some NFL news. Most of it will be regarding the Cleveland Browns. We got some Baker Mayfield updates and a key contract extension that the Cleveland Browns signed as well as some college football news and the official time for the Alabama and Texas college football game which will be coming up later on this year on September 10th unfortunately it's not what a lot of fans are going to be really happy to you know hear so anyway guys I hope y'all really do enjoy today's episode make sure to go grab your favorite snack drink whatever it might be or if you're on your way to work I hope you have an amazing day but anyway guys let's get right into today's news and obviously as you all know we start off our episodes talking about some college football news and over the weekend there wasn't really an insane amount of college football news to report on but we did have one key high school recruitment news, and this is regarding four-star running back Jaden Limer out of Lake Stevens High School in Washington. Now, Jaden, he is a 5'11", 190-pound running back who was possibly looking at Notre Dame. He had a couple other Pac-12 schools he was looking at, but he actually made his commitment, I think it was on Friday, and he actually committed to, drumroll please, he committed to Marcus Freeman and the Fighting Irish, so Notre Dame continues to improve on an already impressive 2023 recruiting class as Jaden is a four-star recruit and was ranked as the 254th ranked player in the class of 2023. So, I mean, it's just, I'm so impressed with what Marcus Freeman has done for Notre Dame, even after Brian Kelly left to go take the LSU job. I mean, he's constantly improved in every you could almost say position that they needed to improve on, and I think a lot of the players are going to like Marcus Freeman more than they did like Brian Kelly. So I think Brian Kelly leaving for LSU was smart for Brian Kelly, and I think Brian Kelly leaving for LSU was also smart for Notre Dame because they realized they're never going to win anything with Brian Kelly as their head coach. So now they get a more young, and in my opinion, a more coach with some upside compared to Brian Kelly because Notre Dame, they already knew what they were getting out of Brian Kelly, right? But with Marcus Freeman, the sky's the limit. Players are committing to Notre Dame simply for the fact that they believe in what he is telling them about this program. And don't be shocked to see Notre Dame immediately back in a New York Six Bowl game or possibly even the college football playoff. And this time, I don't think they will get absolutely destroyed, you know, by Alabama or by Georgia or Clemson or any of these other major powerhouse, you know, power power five schools in my opinion i don't think they will i think notre dame is for real and they are a team that you need to watch for come these next couple years specifically that 2023 season because once again they have the number one overall class in the 2023 cycle and i mean it's only going to continue to improve for the fighting irish as more and more high school kids and even possible transfers believe in the message that Marcus Freeman is bringing to Notre Dame as their new head coach and it really is a new era for Notre Dame just football in general and I'm really excited to see what possibly they could make out of it because I mean guys stayed at Notre Dame probably the most notable was Tommy Reese and Marcus Freeman even after Brian Kelly left because once again they really you know like what they see in Marcus Freeman and that's there's a reason why they're getting all these high and I mean high high commitments but anyway an amazing pickup for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish is they get a top 300 player in the country and probably their future at the running back position after Kyron Williams went into the NFL draft. Now the next college football news we have, and this is actually regarding the transfer portal. Now this is regarding former James Madison linebacker Diamante Tucker Dorsey. Now 
Diamond Tucker Dorsey, he just finished off the 2021 season with 116 tackles, nine tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, and four interceptions, and also led to and also led him to a first team FCS All American selection. So he already had the resume for a lot of schools to want him, but a few of the schools that were actually really zoning in on him, most specifically SEC schools, were Texas A&M, Auburn, Ole Miss, and there also was a couple other schools to offer him. But his two official visits that he did have over the course of these past couple months were with the Longhorns and UCF with, you know, with Gus Malzahn, which wouldn't have shocked me if he did decide to commit to UCF because UCF, once again, is kind of shocking a lot of people with the recruits that they are getting considering they're still a group of five school until next season when they join the Big 12 and actually move up to the Power 5. But anyway... Um, he actually announced his commitment and he announced that he would be committing to Texas. Now, this is huge for the Longhorns as they as they pretty much already dominated the college football transfer portal alongside, obviously, USC. But just a few of the notable names they have gotten out of the transfer portal is former first overall recruit Quinn Ewers. They went out and got a Jai Hall, former Alabama wide receiver and four-star wide receiver coming out of high school. They also went out and got former four-star tight end and former Alabama tight end Jalil Billingsley who only played one season at Alabama but does show a lot of potential and obviously he will be he took his talents to Austin and as well they continue to upgrade that already impressive offense that now consists of former five-star running back Bijan Robinson who is considered one of the best running backs throughout the whole country they also already have former five-star wide receiver Xavier Worthy, obviously in the wide wide receiver one position. And now they have former five-star quarterback in Quinn Ewers, who is a local kid coming out of South Lake Carroll High School. So it's just insane what they've already done. But most importantly, they add, they actually went out and got another speedster in Isaiah Nayer, who was a uh, Wyoming transfer, which you're probably like, well, that's kind of insane. But yeah, they actually went out and got him as he was regarded as like a top, I think, 30 transfer portal recruits so it's actually insane how texas did land isaiah because originally isaiah actually committed to tennessee but then he i guess he ultimately made a flip probably after seeing what texas would be offering him whether it was nil wise or just the fact of how much the program is upgraded and he actually decided to transfer over to texas instead which was a huge loss for tennessee i think tennessee will be all right they already got enough talent as it is but Texas just continued to, you know, improve and improve and improve. And I really do believe in Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns this season. But I do think if they do disappoint this year, there's just a lot. And I mean a lot of people that are really going to question, will Texas ever be back? Because, I mean, this season is really going to be a make or break year. You have a Heisman contending running back. You have a quarterback who has the potential to obviously maybe end up as a dark horse Heisman candidate. You have Xavier Worthy, who will probably be in contention for the Belenikoff Trophy. And now you just got a former FCS All-American linebacker and Diamante Tucker Dorsey, who absolutely balled out at James Madison for the Dukes. So Texas, this is really your make it, break it year. Prove to everyone that, hey, Texas really is back. You know, allow Sam Ellinger not to regret those words he said after they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl back in like 2018. You know what I mean? But anyway... Texas absolutely got a major steal in Diamante as he obviously was a former All-American linebacker for um, James Madison. Now, the next news we have, and this is actually regarding Alabama transfer wide receiver, and 
I guess you could say current Kentucky wide receiver Javon Baker. Now, Javon Baker over his two years at Alabama, he didn't really appear too much as he only had roughly about 120 receiving yards through his two years with the Tide, but he was ranked as the number 110 ranked prospect in the class of 2020, so obviously the talent is there. He's also six foot two, which... Absolutely everyone would love to possibly have and he was a former four-star recruit now originally he did commit to Kentucky I probably want to say a couple months back But actually Javon and the University of Kentucky announced that it would be withdrawing his scholarship So Javon will no longer be transferring to Kentucky and the reasons right now currently are, are, are not known whether it's financially wise or he just got caught up in some kind of trouble that they're trying to keep low, we don't really know yet. But Javon Baker, who was a former four-star wide receiver, he is officially back in the transfer portal and continue to watch for possibly some more SEC schools to target him or maybe even some Big 12 schools, Oklahoma, you know, TCU maybe. We still need to kind of upgrade at the wide receiver position a little bit. So, But anyway, another highly touted transfer portal kid is actually entering back in the transfer portal. And I mean... I feel like Kentucky really would have loved to still have Javon, especially after Wondell Robinson entered the NFL draft this past season and he got drafted to the New York Giants. So Javon really, you know, the fact that he won't be, you know, staying with the Kentucky Wildcats is, in my opinion, a huge loss for them and Mark Stoops. But anyway, Javon Baker has officially re-entered the transfer portal after his scholarship was withdrawn from the University of Kentucky. Now, guys, the final college football news that I do want to talk about in today's episode will be regarding September 10th matchup between the University of Alabama and the University of Texas. Two historically great college football blue bloods will be absolutely battling it out, battling it out down in Austin. And a lot of worries that college football fans have had about this matchup, whether you are a Crimson Tide fan, Longhorn fan, or just a fan of college football, is the fact that this game will be hosted on Fox. And this is the first time Alabama will be playing on Fox, I think, since about 2008. So it's been, it's been a pretty decent long time since the last time Alabama did appear on Fox Sports. But anyway, the reason why this is concerning, you're probably like, what's wrong with it being on Fox Sports? And that is the fact that um, Fox has their own version of ESPN's college football game day. It's called Big Noon Kickoff. Now, Big Noon Kickoff, it features college football legends like Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, and a few others, but most notably, their actual game takes place at about noon Eastern time on Saturday. So instead of how college game day, they normally have their games, whether it's the late afternoon or the primetime uh, frame for that day's college football games, Fox does theirs in the afternoon. Now, fans are not really excited at the fact that when Fox did announce that they would be televising the Alabama versus Texas game, a lot of people thought the worst. They immediately assumed that, hey, Alabama and Texas, it will be the big noon kickoff game. It's going to you know, not be a primetime game because, no offense, this is really the most notable game that will take place in week two of the college football season. So a lot of fans were hoping, hey, they might make it a primetime game so everyone could watch because, once again, a lot of people are going to have to do stuff in the afternoons during the weekends. And also it doesn't help the fact that, hey, you're playing an afternoon game during the beginning of September where it's still hot as absolute heck. So, you know, it would be nice to be able to have a, you know, a primetime game, especially when you watch Alabama and Texas, who are both historic programs. Well, college football fans, I'm sorry to report it, but it was official that Fox announced that the Alabama versus Texas game will actually be a part of their big noon kickoff game, which will take place on noon Eastern on Fox. So... Yes, it is officially true. We will have to watch Alabama and Texas at noon Eastern time. Or for us Texas people or Central Standard Time people, you will be watching this game at 11. And for all you Pacific people on the West Coast, 
y'all be getting to watch this game bright and early at 9 o'clock in the morning, so not what I was hoping for. I'm still super excited to watch Alabama and Texas take place, most specifically Bryce Young taking on Quinn Ewers and just seeing this new revamped Texas team. But I just, come on, Fox. I mean, please find a way to make this a primetime game so everyone can actually enjoy this game. So not everyone's having to watch highlights and doesn't get to be, and is not going to be able to actually see the full, you know, the you know, truly understanding the full atmosphere of what it's like in one of these type of games. Because, I mean, imagine a primetime game down in Austin, you know, week two of the college football season as Alabama and all their fans c come rolling into Austin. And obviously Longhorns already have a strong, established fan base. You know, 105, 106,000 people. There's probably going to be more extended seating because this is a game that no one's going to want to miss. It's going to be historic. So, anyway, I am disappointed at the fact that Fox could not, you know, manage a way to make this a primetime game. But it still will be an enjoyable game to watch. But I figured I'd let y'all know that Alabama versus Texas, it will be an afternoon game, not a primetime game. Now, guys, that is it for today's college football news. I know there wasn't really too, too much, but... Some days, that's just how it is. I mean, there's not always a lot of stuff to talk about, especially with the fact that we're just now getting into summer and fall camp and any of that stuff. It hasn't really started yet, but I know here in a couple months, once that does start, I will definitely have a lot of news to tell y'all and report to y'all. But anyways, let's transition over to some NFL news. And actually today, there's only two major things that I want to talk about in the NFL world, and, these both, and both of these news will be regarding the Cleveland Browns. But the first NFL news that I do want to talk about is involving the Cleveland Browns and their longtime tight end, David Njoku. Now, David Njoku, he's going into his final year of his rookie contract, and it's been rumored forever that they would either trade him, release him. I know he, I think he requested a trade, I think, last season, but then ultimately, you know, took it back after saying he wanted to stay in Cleveland. But actually, we finally found out the fate between him and the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, they will be signing in David Njoku to a four-year, $56.5 million contract extension. So, it looks like they finally made the right signing in the tight end position. I know after they went and signed former Falcons tight end Austin Hooper to that huge, insane contract ever he had one Pro Bowl season with the Atlanta Falcons. Now they will have a more consistent tight end in David Njoku at the tight end one position. Now the final uh, NFL news I do want to talk about, and this is still regarding the Cleveland Browns, this is actually regarding their quarterback room. Now, this is regarding their former number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. Now, after the Cleveland Browns traded for Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans, this pretty much solidified the fact that the Cleveland Browns will be going in a different direction for their quarterback position. Baker, Mayf Baker Mayfield is not the future for them. Deshaun Watson is, especially after they signed him to that huge $250 million gar guaranteed deal. I think about a month ago after they immediately traded for him. So, But a lot of things that people were wondering was, what team will Baker Mayfield end up, and will the Cleveland Browns trade him or release him? Now, we're still kind of wondering and figuring out, as Cleveland really hasn't said too, too much about what they are planning on doing with Baker, with Baker Mayfield. It was rumored that during the draft, the Carolina Panthers and the Cleveland Browns had a deal for picks and players to send Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers, but ultimately it fell through after the Cleveland Browns wanted the Carolina Panthers to pay, I think it was about roughly 13 to $14 million of his contract, which would leave the Browns only paying about $4 million off of his deal. Now, the main problem that the Browns are facing in getting rid of Baker Mayfield is the fact that they don't want to pay his contract, and I don't blame them. I mean, he's still is on a decently sized contract. The problem is teams also don't want to pay his contract either, so it kind of has everyone's hands up in the air like, what do we do with Baker Mayfield? He's going to be toxic for our team. I mean, 
just the fact that he is still in there he already knows he's going to be gone is he going to try and hurt us is he going to try and help us you know you know, at least not end his tenure in Cleveland on a bad note. But it was reported a couple days ago that the Cleveland Browns, they will not be trading Baker Mayfield. They will also not be releasing Baker Mayfield. So it kind of, you know, puts up the question, what are they going to do with Baker Mayfield? Now, they did state that unless they absolutely needed to get Baker Mayfield, they would not be letting go of him. But at the same time, it doesn't make sense. You went out and signed two to three quarterbacks during the offseason obviously solidifying the fact that hey Baker Mayfield will be gone and they can't put him on waivers as no one's going to take on Baker Mayfield's contract no team's going to trade picks when they know they can get him possibly for free if the Browns release him so it kind of puts you in a sticky situation because unless they're doing this just to kind of put smoke in the air that hey you know at least send us a seventh or sixth round pick so we can get something for Baker Mayfield rather than just releasing him and still taking on all that dead cap and then a team gets him for free pretty much so it's just a really interesting situation going on right now in Cleveland. Now, I know Cleveland has a lot to look after, especially after they, they traded a fifth-round pick for all-pro wide receiver Amari Cooper, which as a Cowboys fan, I'm still a little salty about because I think we could have gotten a lot more for Amari Cooper. I know his contract was a, was very worrisome for a lot of teams, but, dude, he's an all-pro wide receiver. He was, he's very consistent. I know he has some injury issues, I guess you could say, but he's still, from in my opinion, very consistent, especially for the Cowboys who dealt with a lottery, not a lottery, which dealt with a lot of injuries this season. So, anyways, I just wanted to let y'all know about the Baker Mayfield situ situation in Cleveland as it is still going on and is still very much alive. Now, guys, that is it for today's NFL segment. Wasn't a lot to talk about, but the news that we did talk about, mostly for you Cleveland Brown fans, was pretty pretty relevant. Now let's transition over to some MLB news and kind of our MLB slash NBA slash literally whatever whatever other news there is going on in the um, world of sports. The first news that I want to talk about is regarding the Chicago White Sox and left-handed pitcher Dallas Keuchel. Now Dallas Keuchel, he started off this season on a pretty rough start as he currently has a 7.44 ERA for the White Sox. And the White Sox finally said enough's enough and they are actually designating for assignment Dallas Keuchel, which in case you don't know, in MLB terms, that pretty much means they are releasing him. They're putting him on waivers. The team can pick him up or whatnot. But anyway, Dallas Keuchel will probably not be getting picked up off, off waivers as the fact that he still has about roughly $14 million left on his contract this year and, you know, just hasn't really been dominant like the old Dallas Keuchel we saw down in Houston. So, yeah, we have another veteran player ending up on the free agency market in the MLB. We just saw Justin Upton get signed by the um, Seattle Mariners we also saw Robinson Cano get picked up by the San Diego Padres a couple weeks ago so another veteran will be making a transition to another team probably on a very friendly team deal now the next um, MLB news that I do want to talk about is actually regarding the Colorado Rockies no it's not injuries no it's not amazing play it's actually about their new City Connect uniforms that they just announced they would be receiving now these new uniforms are inspired by the mountains and pine trees of Colorado as well as the state's license plate and the state's welcome to Colorado or color uh, sorry as the state's welcome to color colorful I can't even talk colorful Colorado signs are put on the uniforms and they're actually pretty interesting. They're also on the official Instagram for Cover 7 with Mason Pierce if you're interested in, at looking at them and see what they look like. I personally like them a lot. I like the kind of pine color they have, the pine green they have across the chest with the mountains as well. So it does look really cool. It fits the whole Rockies kind of theme anyway. But 
I think they're pretty nice. I like what the MLB is doing with their City Connect uniforms. It allows teams to kind of, I guess you could say, explore different ways of branding their team. And I think this obviously fits Colorado very well with the mountains and just pine trees and just Colorado as a whole. I know it's nothing like very interesting to talk about, but they were pretty cool uniforms. As In my opinion, my personal favorite City Connect uniforms that we've gotten so far were Wrigleyville uniforms that the Chicago Cubs got last season when they when the MLB announced the inaugural season for City Connect uniforms. So I'm actually excited that the MLB is kind of expanding their jerseys, if you want to say, you know, not, not just having the same plain old school looking uniforms, especially with the Rockies who have had the same exact uniform types since back in the late 90s when they joined the MLB as an expansion team. But anyway, really great job by the Colorado Rockies. Colorado Rockies absolutely expressing the whole, I guess you could say, visual image of Colorado. And anyway, guys, the final MLB news that I do want to talk about is actually regarding um, Cincinnati Reds outfielder Tommy Pham and San Francisco Giants outfielder Jock Peterson. Now, during a three-game series against the Cincinnati Reds and, and the San Francisco Giants, Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson were involved in an altercation pregame before game one. And we didn't really know why this whole thing happened. It was reported that Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson. And we didn't really know what actually happened. Why would he do that? You know, was it on call for? Was there, was there like any type of disrespect or anything like that? Well, during a post-game conference or post-game interview, Jock Peterson told the media that apparently him and Tommy Pham were both involved in a fantasy football league. And apparently the whole scuffle, and I kid you not, was because Jock Peterson put one of his players on the IL and Tommy Pham thought that he was kind of cheating him out because he was at least getting rid of a player but would still retain him. Now, we don't know the full extent of this. It's still just a, kind of a dumb situation. Tommy Pham has been fined, which is rightfully so. I mean, it's not a valid reason to absolutely slap someone the way he did. There's a video that's going around of the actual altercation. If you want to check it out, it is on the cover set with the Mason Pierce Instagram. But I think it was kind of funny because Jock Peterson surprisingly didn't laugh at all when it was asked about this whole altercation by the media. Because if it was me, I would have been dying laughing because a grown man slapped you because of a fantasy football, I guess you could say, issue. Now, obviously, apparently there was money involved, as Tommy Pham would say in a post-game interview. But... I doubt it's as much money as we think it probably be, maybe a couple hundred at most, but to them, that's like 10 to 20 bucks for a lot of us, you know what I mean? So it's, money is still money, don't get me wrong, but when you get fined 100 grand and you're talking about, oh, well, that's my money, don't disrespect me, you lost 500 and then lost an additional 100 grand because you tried to prove that you were tough and all of this, so it makes Tommy Pham look soft, and I'm kind of impressed with Jock Peterson as he didn't retaliate because... In my opinion, that's not a real reason to slap someone. And these guys had never actually talked to each other, acknowledged each other on the field as they both used to be in the NL West, Tommy Pham being with the San Diego Padres and Jock Peterson being with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And apparently another thing that kind of put fire on this whole feud was the fact that Jock Peterson sent a gif kind of when the Padres were on a slump during the 2021 or I think it was a yeah 2021 season he sent a gif kind of making fun of the Padres and due to the fact that they were kind of slumping which they were towards the end of the season and I guess Tommy Pham took that a little bit too extreme and decided you know say hey look say it to my face quit acting like you know yada 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 but yeah I just thought it was a funny situation that the MLB 
actually saw a fight and a not a fight, but actually saw a player slap another player due to a fantasy football issue. Now, guys, that is actually it for today's MLB news. But we do we do still have some NBA news to wrap up today's episode. And the first news that I do want to talk about in the NBA is regarding the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, the Lakers they've been looking for a new NBA head coach after they had fired head coach Frank Vogel after he led the Lakers to a 33 and 49 season, which I don't think was entirely Frank Vogel's fault as. You know, Russell Westbrook absolutely disappointed. LeBron James had a lot of inconsistency. Anthony Davis seemed to not be able to stay healthy. And the Los Angeles Lakers just didn't look like the Los Angeles Lakers we saw back in the bubble back in 2020. But anyways, the Los Angeles the Los Angeles Lakers, they have finally found their answer for the head coach position. They went out and hired former Milwaukee Bucks assistant Dar- Darvin Ham. Now, Darvin Ham will be getting signed to a four-year deal to become the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. Apparently, according to the Lakers, what actually sold them on Darvin Ham was the fact of his stature and toughness, also his history of coaching star players and championship pedigree as an assistant and player. Now, Ham's history actually with the Lakers franchise, which he actually did play for them for two seasons between 2011 and 2013, did play a part in the Lakers hiring as they would keep some familiarity inside the franchise, most specifically their head coaching job. Now, Ham, he's actually been a part of one of the league's most most successful coaching trees under Bucks current head coach Mike Bouldenhoser, which also includes Memphis's Taylor Jenkins, Utah's Quinn Snyder, and Golden State Warriors assistant Kenny Atkinson. So amazing hire for the Los Angeles Lakers. We've as we've already seen, obviously Hall of Fame player and LeBron James absolutely super hyped at the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers went out and hired Darvin Ham. He tweeted so damn excited with like five hundred exclamation marks. Congrats and welcome Coach D Ham. So it looks like the players are already loving Darvin Ham. Seems like there's a lot more energy compared to this past season because the Lakers just seemed dead last season. If you watched any of the games, which I know probably a lot of y'all didn't really because they just weren't very entertaining. You you could tell that that Frank Vogel was definitely on his way out of the franchise. But anyway, great hire for the Los Angeles Lakers, getting Darvin Ham, the former assistant of the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, our final topic of today's episode is going to be regarding the NBA Finals. Now, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals was played on Sunday night. It took place between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, and the Boston Celtics actually prevailed after a late Miami rally in the fourth quarter. So Boston Celtics are officially headed back to the NBA Finals. The Golden State Warriors, after defeating the Dallas Mavericks 4-1 to in the Western Conference Finals, are also officially heading back to the NBA Finals. Which is absolute. This is going to be an absolutely amazing NBA Finals, in my opinion. Boston is playing absolutely lights out on offense and defense. Same with Golden State with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Klay Thompson, and then on the Boston side, you've got Marcus Smart, Al Horford, obviously Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So this should be a very exciting series just to watch in general. But I do want to talk about the Dallas Mavericks for a second, as they kind of just flunked during the Western Conference Finals, most specifically. Luka, Duncan, Luka Doncic's supporting cast, and this has kind of always been a question for the Mavericks. Will they ever get a true second star for Luka so he's not really the lone star on that team? You can say Jalen Brunson is kind of emerging as that, but I don't think he's there yet as the number two star for the team as we've all seen kind of like with the Miami Heat they've got Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. We see it also with the um, Golden State Warriors. You've got 
Stephen Curry. I mean, you could say Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, whatever you might have it. A lot of these teams right now that are in championship contention, they have two solidified stars on their team. The Mavericks never really had that. They went out and traded for Chris Tapps Porzingis from the New York Knicks kind of to give Luka Doncic that um, that number two star for the Mavericks. That didn't turn out well at all as Chris Tapps and Luka never really saw eye to eye. They eventually ended up trading Chris Tapps to the Washington Wizards. And I do think a large due in fact that the Mavericks relied too much on Luka to give them success and didn't really prioritize the supporting cast that would also have to play with Luka. Because once again, basketball is a team sport. One player can't simply carry you. Now he did, Luka did exactly that throughout the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, Luka did have a couple, you know, kind of eh games, but he played lights out throughout the whole playoff series. He practically carried them throughout the Utah series, carried them throughout the Phoenix Suns series, did struggle you could say a little bit against the Golden State Warriors, but he always would kind of show up at the end, but his teammates would not do the same for him. Obviously, Luka's defense is a major, and I mean a major weakness for him, as he just doesn't really show any type of effort. Obviously, it might be his conditioning as well, because we know he's never really cared too much about that. He's kind of let his talent carry him, carry him over hard work, so... It's going to be really interesting to see what the Dallas Mavericks do over this offseason as they have a lot of holes they need to also cover up. Jalen Brunson will also be entering the free agency market. Now, Mark Cuban's already said that no other team will offer Jalen Brunson the same amount of money that they will offer him. So it's looking like Jalen Brunson will stay in Dallas. But I do think they still need to definitely, and I mean definitely, discuss the um, possible trading for a center because that position needs to be addressed majorly if they want to end up making it back to the NBA Finals. Now anyway guys that is it for today's Cover 7 with Mason Pierce episode. I really do hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. I know that I definitely enjoyed making it for y'all. And before I do let y'all go, I do want to ask, please, if you do feel like being a monthly supporter, if you really do enjoy the podcast a lot and want to be able to help me, you know, just help me in any type of way possible it's only $4.99 a month it allows me to be able to upgrade my equipment for the podcast and also be able to eventually give y'all exclusive perks but anyway guys it is not required I don't expect y'all to do it at all any type of just support whether it's a like comment follow whatever it might be is already super and I mean super appreciated but once again guys thank y'all for being the amazing community y'all are I hope y'all did enjoy today's episode and I will see y'all back here on Wednesday peace